AFC North rushing offenses could be the biggest problem for the Pittsburgh Steelers if they don't address it well here in the 2023 season with their defense. I talk about that and more here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as your bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. So let's get into a few things here, right? We, we've talked a lot, especially this week, about why I think that expectations for the Steelers should be higher than what maybe people out you know in the national media uh spotlights are giving them and we've explained my reasoning on there but i want to also point out as i've said before i don't think the steelers are a super bowl team this year i don't think that they're going to be you know one of the top tier teams in the league i think they will catch people by surprise and with that there are also things that they need to be careful of if they if they don't want to fall behind where some of those expectations are and i think one of the biggest things here is the run defense and now if everything goes right and it, and it hand, it's handled the way it should, the run defense dominates, and I think that that's a big that would be a big part of the Steelers going a long way this year. But if they're not careful, especially with their divisional opponents, the run game could be the kryptonite to the Steelers, to the Steelers defense, and the hopes of the team. Now, this is a defense that's predicated on getting to the quarterback and creating turnovers but how you do that is you limit the run game from opponents to force them to throw the ball in more predictable situations which allows your pass rush to get in, get in their ears back a little bit more get more aggressive and when they're getting more aggressive it also allows the secondary to make more plays in the football when those passes are hurried or errant or thrown off those were are where i think the steelers can make the biggest move but again it comes down to the run defense and Again, just focusing on the AFC North opponents, you might be thinking, okay, you know, maybe I guess maybe, uh, that, that could be a little bit here and there. But that was one of the things about the Steelers' run defense that kind of brought it down a little bit. Now, the Steelers' run defense overall finished ninth best in the NFL. They allowed 108.1 yards per game um, as, 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 a, as a run defense, which was ninth best uh, right behind the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, in the uh, in in the NFL, but when you go back and you look at some of the yards that were given up by the Steelers this past season, and you see the biggest numbers came from the AFC North opponents. Five of the uh, excuse me, four of the top five games where they gave up the most rushing yards this past season. So in all seventeen of their games, the, there were the, the five games they gave up the most rushing yards. Four of those games came at the hands of AFC North opponents. Now, here's the thing. They also went two and two in those games, so it doesn't crush them, but it does put them in a situation that makes it harder to win. And we look at those games, the, first, the game where they gave the most rushing yards was 215 yards to the Ravens when they lost to the Ravens uh, when uh, Mitchell Trubisky had to take over. The second most was the Cleveland Browns when they gave up 171 yards in the, I believe it was the fourth game of the season. It was very early in the season when they, when they played. 
uh, on a Thursday night football game. The third most was the Atlanta Falcons, 146 yards. But the fourth most was the Cleveland Browns, again, with 134 yards. That came, though, on a win for the Steelers at 28-14. And the four, and the fifth most, which it was the Cincinnati Bengals, back in the season opening win, 23-20 uh, to over them, they allowed 133 yards on the ground that game. And so I want to take this show to kind of break down what those teams have going for them that the Steelers need to watch out for because it's not just about that they gave it up last year because also those were some of the better rushing offenses last year. Now, not the Bengals, of course. They, they weren't in that conversation because they were throwing the ball up. But the Ravens had the number two rushing offense in the NFL. The Browns had the number six rushing offense in the NFL. And if we're looking at the whole schedule, the Steelers open with the Niners, the Niners have the seventh best rushing offense in the NFL. Um, and the Steelers play the Panthers. They have the 10th best. So you're getting my point here that if the Steelers aren't careful and they don't actually lock it down this year, this could be a problem that comes back to bite them if they're not able to put it down. So what I'm going to do throughout this show is I'm going to break down where I think the Steelers match up well or don't match up well with the strengths of different rushing units. And a lot of this comes down to offensive line and as well as who's running the ball. Because as we know, Different teams use run the ball very differently in the AFC North. But I think the biggest concern, if you're as far as what how this could play out, is still the Cleveland Browns and Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, I think, is one of if you know, he's he needs to be in the conversation with the best running back in the league every every single year with the way that he runs the ball. He runs hard, he's fast, he cuts in the right way, he's a dangerous threat, and he can eat the Steelers up fast when they're when they're not paying attention. And here's the thing: the Browns offensive line. Also pretty good when you look at just the the, the pedigree they have um, as far as as far as run blockers. And if you go and you look at Pro Football Focus, they ranked. Now again, you know how I feel about Pro Football Focus. If you've been watching the show for a while, I don't put all the stock into everything that they say. But just looking at an outside outsider here who ranked all the offensive line units as far as how they're projected to be starting. In 2023, the Browns had the number two spot with Jedrick Wells at left tackle, Joel Batonio at left guard, uh, Ethan Pojic at center, Wyatt Teller at right guard, and Jack Conklin at right tackle. And then, of course, that's all in front of Nick Chubb. And now we'll have an offense with a more experienced Deshaun Watson. Now, again, this doesn't mean the Steelers can't stop these guys, but that is a really talented offensive line that Cam Hayward, Larry Joey, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, uh, maybe Keanu Benton or Braden Fajoko are going to have to deal with every single play uh, during those games. And it's going to open up opportunities for Nick Chubb. Now the question is going to be for the Steelers when they get a chance to go up against those spots, will the linebackers be better this year? Cause we know that Devin Bush wasn't the best at stuffing the run uh, for the Steelers. Uh, you know, when he after his injury, he kind of wasn't that guy who was sticking his nose in there enough. But Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb, that is very much what they do. They 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 clear they clear the traffic. They find a way to bring bring the ball, carry it down. They try to play their defense and hold down that responsibility because it's very important to what the Steelers need to do. And I think again, when you look at the Browns here, uh, there's there's a, an offensive line here that I think that. We've seen move the Steelers around when they're when if they you know catch them off guard, uh, be able to just kind of power their way through situations. We've also seen the Steelers push back, and that is going to be one of the premier matchups I think this year that doesn't get talked about enough when we look at the Steelers schedule. And it's going to be how physical both sides want to be. The Steelers talked about being bullies this year. That would be a prime chance to prove that you're some bullies if you're able to 
to go in and beat up a Browns offensive line that has a whole lot of pedigree. I want to get into the Ravens and the Bengals here as well, and then also relate it back to what the Steelers need to do well to to be a better in the run defense here in just a minute here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. But first, before we do anything else, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook, of course, is the number one sportsbook in America. And you can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel. By, and when you do, you get 10 times your, your first bet amount in bonus bets. That And that goes up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you can land $200 in bonus bets. And that's if you win or lose. They're just giving you the money here at FanDuel if you haven't used FanDuel Sportsbook just yet. Again, that's 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to win or a first home run in a game. That's all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to get on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on must be 21 and older and present in select states. First on online real um, real money wager only $10. First deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus balance benefits with that expire 14 days after receipt. Restriction of supply. See terms at sportsbook.com uh, sportsbook.fanduel.com FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Starlet Casino LLC Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or next step to 533-42 in Arizona 1-888-789-7 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9 with it in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1800gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming hope is here visit gamblinghelpline.com ma.org or, or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. We're back after the longest ad read I've ever done in my life here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, but let's keep continue right here uh, as we do uh, as we continue our line here talking about this. So we talked about the Browns, and again, I think that they're a big problem when it comes to running the ball. But again, I also look at the Browns historically, and I look at how their roster is set up. This is very much going to be a very similar team to what the Steelers beat up last year uh, in, in week in week 17 when they faced Deshaun Watson and uh, uh, and Nick Chubb and, the, and that crew when they came to, to Acker Stadium, excuse me. But I, I think the Steelers, again, if they stuff the run, they force these teams to be one-dimensional. That is, that is a tenement to all things Pittsburgh Steelers throughout their history. You stuff the run, then you get after the quarterback. It's it's a, it's something that Keith Butler preached. It's something that Dick LeBeau preached. It's something that the Steelers have always preached going back to the 70s. And it's why it's so crucial to do that. And you see um, when, this, when the Steelers uh, haven't, haven't done that, it makes it, makes it harder to win. And granted, uh, 
the the two game and if you look if you look at the two games that they did win against AFC North opponents where they did give up over 130 yards rushing, okay, those were those those were good moments. But the two games they lost were were games where they gave up 215 and 171 yards on the ground. That allowed uh, for the Browns that allowed Jacoby Brissett because that's who the starter was that game to kind of just play a balanced game of offense, not have any pressure on him, and the Steelers couldn't get after him that day because all he had to do was throw quick passes because the Steelers couldn't stop stop the run and they couldn't force the Browns to get desperate. The Ravens in that game remember there was no Lamar Jackson. Um, and they and they were able to run the ball effectively. In fact, they had a really long touchdown that kind of broke the Steelers a little bit. And if it wasn't for that touchdown, the Steelers might win that game and might make the playoffs uh, in, in that situation. So let's focus on the Ravens for a sec here because Lamar Jackson has signed his extension. He's with the Ravens long term. And uh, J.K. Dobbins is a, uh, is a talented running back uh, was, was there as well. Um, out of Ohio State. And I look at that team and I look at, you know, how they ran the ball last year. The big question is going to be, how do they run the ball this year? Now, the Ravens have kind of emphasized they have a new offensive coordinator, by the way. That's the whole point of why it could be a little bit different. But the Ravens have emphasized that, like, they're not going to change everything about who they are just because they have a different offensive coordinator. I do think that they need to do more to help Lamar Jackson be, be at his best level. Um, but uh, I still I still look at this as a situation where the Steelers, if you look at um, how the Ravens are constructed, they're a team that FanDuel ranks their offensive line as the fourth best in the, in the NFL go, going into this season, at least how the starters are constructed. You got Ronnie Stanley at left tackle, Ben Cleveland at, at left guard, Tyler Linderbaum at center, Kevin Zeitler at right guard, and Morgan, Morgan Moses at right tackle. That's a pretty strong offensive line, but here's what I say about this too. The Ravens, when they've cracked the Steelers' code, is when they've kind of stepped out of their line and the Steelers have kind of been caught trying to do something extra in a play, which is what Cam Hayward even talked about after the game when he, when the Steelers gave up a long touchdown run in their loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And he said, I, I was trying to do too much. And that was where I think that the Steelers were able to learn more about themselves and be able to have better run defense throughout the rest of the season. And that's something that's going to have to happen this season. Um, you know, the Steelers... Cam Hayward credited uh, Brian Flores for helping them kind of figure some things out this year. It's going to still have to be, it's going to still have to carry on if the Steelers want to see success. But again, I look at this at this Ravens roster right now. They still have Gus Edwards and Justice Hill behind J.K. Dobbins, but we all know that that offense runs through Lamar Jackson. But here's the thing: if you're the Steelers, if it runs through Lamar Jackson, that's kind of what you want, right? Lamar Jackson's only win over the Steelers in his what? five, six years in the NFL, how long, however long he's been in the NFL, was the game when Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph were, were lining up against him. And that, to me, is a is, is part of the uh, the concern there that the Steelers, I think they have, or that the Ravens should have about the Steelers, is that the, 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 right, the Steelers aren't phased by what Lamar Jackson does. And also, the Steelers historically don't often get too phased by mobile quarterbacks. There's the occasional year where like Terrell Pryor, uh, you know, uh, had, a, had a great run against them. But by and large, when quarterbacks try to get mobile on them, the Steelers find ways to pin them back, to keep them in the pocket, or to force them to run in situations that, that aren't favorable to them. And that's where I think the Steelers have Lamar Jackson at an advantage in that they, they have really good edge rushers. They have really good interior guys. And it's going to put Lamar Jackson in some tougher situations that he's going to have to make some um, some tougher calls and force him to kind of be 
a quarterback that beats you with his arm. And that's something that Ben Roethlisberger has said in his podcast. That's something that I think everybody that watches Lamar Jackson and that um, I don't think his arm is bad, but I also, th- but I do think that, um, uh, that, that, in, that his arm, that when you take away his legs, it, it neutralizes, it naturally takes away half of his game because half of his game is using his legs to either make plays or create plays. And that's where I think, um, that's where I think the Steelers stand a good chance at limiting the Ravens because they're used to that. They're, I think the Steelers historically with this crew, with Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, they do a very good job of staying disciplined on the edges. Cam Harry, Larry Ogunjobi, they are going to be very gap sound on the interior. And then you still have your guys uh, like Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb. And maybe you also have like a Keanu Neal floating around if you're in dimebacker situations, but you have people who can help in coverage and know how to kind of balance things to force – uh, the Ravens to beat you in ways that they don't necessarily want to beat you with. Uh, granted, they did invest in the passing offense this year. You know, Lamar Jackson's coming back. They got all Beckham Jr. They drafted Zay Flowers, who was one of the receivers I really liked out of Boston College. So um, I, I like I like some things um, that, that, that the Ravens have done for their passing game, but I don't think that they've done enough for the Steelers to worry too much about that. They still have to stop the run. That is going to be the priority. And I look at this offensive line. um, I I honestly think the way that the Steelers are set up, Tyler Linderbaum, he was a guy that if you remember, I was hyping him up on this show. I think he did a fine job his rookie season, but now you get a chance. If you're, if you're in there and you have um, Cam Hayward and you have Larry Ogunjobi and you're throwing in Keanu Benton or DeMarvin Leal, you like the rotation of defensive linemen, Tire these guys out. Make it so that these guys aren't, uh, you know, keep keep fresh legs in the field. Make sure that these guys are, um, these offensive linemen, you know, late in the game, they're making mistakes because you just keep hitting them with new guys who provide really good depth and uh, and are able to challenge the, the Ravens there. I think the Ravens, despite the talent that they have, again, I think they're the situation that the Steelers might be able to handle. The Browns, not as much. And part of that's just because they got really great talent there in the run game. Uh, but the Bengals, they are the division winners. And I still think that that's a huge part of what the key is to stopping the Bengals um, in, in, when, they, when they play them is forcing Joe Burrow to be one-dimensional and not rely at all on the running games. We'll talk about what I think they need to do to get that done here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast in just a minute. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here in the Locked on Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We've talked about the Browns. We've talked about the Ravens. Let's talk about the Bengals here because I do think that the, the, the Bengals are still the best team um, in, in the in the division, uh, at least on paper, going into this, this season. I also don't, th- don't doubt that the Steelers could beat them in both of their matchups like they were, beat them once and came close to beating them in another. Um I think, but I think one thing that the Bengals don't have going for them right now is that their run game, while it does have talent, you know, uh, um, Joe Mix, Joe Mixon is is still around, and they still have um, they they still have the ability to to run the ball. Um, they and they've they've added some other guys there as well. But when I look at the Cincinnati Bengals, I look at their offensive line, and I think, man, that's an offensive line that can still get picked on. Um, uh, qu- quite a bit there. One to get after Joe Burrow, 
but also to limit the run game from, from becoming a serious factor against the Steelers. Um, and you look at this offensive line, the way it's constructed, Orlando Brown Jr., who comes over from the Chiefs, he plays at left tackle. Cordell Volson is at left guard. Ted Karras is at center. Alex Kappa is at right guard. And Jonah Williams, who played left tackle last year and was a top 10 pick, he's playing right tackle. He's expected to play right tackle this, this season. And the Bengals, man... I think that they are a team, and I said this, if you go back and watch my previews for how they need to approach the Bengals, you take away Joe Mixon, you severely limit Joe Burrow. And not just Joe Mixon, but every running back that they have. Take away the easy bets, the easy handoffs, the um, the, the the low-risk plays that are built with a rushing offense that has talented players coming out of the backfield. And the Bengals have some, but again, I think the biggest thing with the with the Steelers is their defense has to come in and assert their dominance against these groups. Um, and, and I think they really could because some of these groups are newer, are going to have newer components to them. Some of them are going to have um, just weaknesses of not knowing each other as far as offensive linemen. I mean, heck, go back and look at the Steelers just last year and how it looked in the first half of the season versus the second half of the season. The Steelers are going to get some opportunities to play offensive lines that are still gelling, coming together. And, uh, and 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 being and being that now with the Bengals, you go back and you look last year, they were they were the they were the team that um, when it came to when it came to running the ball, they weren't too concerned about it. They literally ranked 29th in rushing offense last last year. But again, they're fine with it because they got Jamar Chase. They uh, um, they've got T Higgins. They've got Joe Burrow. They're, they're happy slinging the ball all over the place. Um but I also think that part of that is that they can come with a balanced run attack, and that's that's still favoring more of the pass in their offense. But the balance is when they run the ball well, it forces um, it forces defenses to be honest. It forces defense to either commit to stopping the run or commit to stopping the pass, and that makes it that much easier um for the for the uh, excuse me the Bengals to get their offense going, and uh, that was something that. If if I go back to that uh, that that season opener game against the the Bengals last year, where they did give up 133 um, yard, yards in the ground, as I recall it, the Steelers' run defense was on point in the first half. It was the second half when it started to open things back up, and that was a big part of what almost um, cost the Steelers. And part of this, I think, is also going to depend upon team chemistry, upon uh, being the bullies that Mike Tomlin's been talking about, but as Brian Baldinger has been saying on on a, a lot of national platforms, he was on, I think he was on Good Morning Football um, just just yesterday, um, and he was at Steelers minicamp uh, just just the other week. Um, but one thing I think that teams are going to see is that this Steelers team is building to be to be the tough team that we've talked about you remember after the draft you know Keanu Benton let it slip out that Mike Tomlin said he you know he wants bullies he wants guys that he wants goons that was the word that he said and I think bullies and goons it's fine to do it in the game um when uh when, when you're when you're playing the style that you want to play but you have to know how to contain it and I think that's what Mike Tomlin wants to get with this team is knowing how far to take being the goons how far to take being the bullies and before you turn into guys that give yourselves multiple penalties uh in, in a game in in ways that cost you I think that's where the Steelers when it comes to playing teams like the Ravens like the Browns like the Bengals because when you play them twice a year 
you set that tone. That's that tone carries over. The the opponents remember it, but also you remember it because then you remember, hey, we can we can punish these guys. We can bully these guys around, and we can take away what they like to do. And in the first half of that game against the Bengals, you remember the Steelers' defense caused five turnovers. They were locking everything down. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin in the week leading up bought uh, black Air Force Ones for the entire team to kind of say, hey, we're going in there to take stuff away. And they went in there and they took stuff away. Um, but then as soon as the run game came back, so did Joe Burrow. And I think that is a big factor as why you can't overlook that factor for just because the Bengals have a pass happy offense. Uh, that's that's also very successful. So I, I say all that to say. The matchups here, if I was to tier them, I think that the Browns are the biggest problem. I think the Ravens still are a bigger problem because their offensive line is is ranked, you know, really, really high this year. The Bengals offensive line, by the way, ranked 17th in the, in the middle part of the league. Um, they're actually lower than what the Steelers are projected to finish. PFFs gave the Steelers, they, they said the Steelers would rank 12th this year as far as projected starting lineups and how they fit in. Um, but the Bengals, I put them last in because I think their offensive line is going to be the worst of the three when it comes to uh when it comes when it comes to when it comes to blocking for the run. It also might just be a matter of they're not prioritizing it because that's the, they don't that's not what they need to win. Um but I think the Bengals are a team that if the Steelers do what they did in the first half, uh not just the 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 turnover part in the first half, but I'm talking about stuffing the run, taking that away. I think it puts the Steelers in a great position to bang with the Bengals in a lot more situations um, and uh, and bring more to the table there because I do think that it's going to be very – it's always very imperative to win your division, but I do think it's going to be a bit of a dogfight in the division this year that's going to have serious talent. Lamar Jackson's back, Joe Burrow's back, uh, Deshaun Watson's had a full year now. The Steelers run defense. If the Steelers are going to go far, if they're going to beat – AFC North opponents, if they're going to have a, have another winning record and if they're going to do better and get into the playoffs and do better, they need to have this run defense come through and stop these specific teams. Uh, and they just stop, you know, most teams that they play. But I think specifically they need to be, they need to be able to stop um, the, the AFC North opponents. You take that away, you give yourself such a better chance and you also build confidence for the rest of the season. So that's my point. That's my point there here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Thanks again for checking us out here in your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked on Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. Tomorrow we're back and we got Kale Berger, 93.7 The Fan. He'll be on talking Pittsburgh Steelers with me, Chris Carter, right here on the Locked on Steelers podcast.